Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Change and Exchange for a Better You. I'm your host, Justin. And what I wanted to talk about was my supernatural experiences that I've had with God. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because, you know, for these, this is for the believers, right? What's for the unbelievers as well, but mainly to reinforce and to encourage the believers that's out there that you know, everything is going to be okay. And also, you know, just do what God say. You know, it'll be better for you. Um, no matter what you may be facing at the current time. And then to, you know, ultimately have the understanding that God is going to take care of us at the end of the day. And um, so many thoughts that have been like swirling around in my head. You know, I'm having issues, you know, within my family um, on an immediate level with, you know, one of my sons, you know, and, uh, you know, it's kind of disheartening. But at the same time, you know, there is a piece that I have that is far superior than my understanding of the piece. The only thing that I do really know is that it comes from God and it's been keeping me this entire time. I've never had COVID. I've never had um, a lot of stuff that I should have caught being around a lot of different other people or doing some crazy things within my life. And, you know, I just want to just humbly thank God and just express my testimonies, man, because I feel like, well, I know that they're powerful. I know that they're life-changing if it can affect your understanding, if it can cause you to, like, if you can just listen with an open mind and not just, because you don't know me, say that I'm either A, crazy, B, delusional, or C, you know what I mean, making it up. You know what I mean? Because I'm not. It costs me nothing to give God glory through these testimonies, man. And, you know, to be honest, I'm really kind of like putting my sanity on the line for this because people can listen to what I'm saying and be like, man, up. They got another one of those nut jobs. Those people that believe in the sky daddy. And the truth is, man, (coughs) yes, I believe in God. Yes, he is my father from on high. You know, and um, I do want to thank him and thank his son, Jesus, for everything they've done for me. I've had instances where God will talk to me and tell me about a situation and it'll happen exactly like he said with 100% accuracy. This one time I was at my job when I used to work at Tyson's uh, Foods out in Glen Allen in um, Virginia. And uh, quite frankly, man, there was a guy there that was kind of spreading rumors. And I remember as I was coming from off my break, Coming back into the hanging shed because that's where I used to work at. 
where they would hang the live chickens at. I remember, man, guy name was Charles. Uh, this guy, you know, he was a professing Christian, but at the same time, <clears throat> he pretty much, um, he acted more worldly than anything else. You know what I mean? It was just the name only, right? And this isn't, this isn't to bash the guy. Um, just telling a part of the story, man. Like, what happened was, as I was coming in, you know, God was telling me, he said, look, son, this guy's talking about you. I'm not telling you this so that you can go over there and get fighting with this guy. I'm not telling you this so that you know, you can, you know, be angry at them. Well, this is just to show you that you're in my hand. I got you. This is to show you that I am still in charge, even though it doesn't seem like it. Because it was because of this guy that some of the guys that I was cool with at the job no longer talked to me. And they were looking at me like I was crazy because of the stuff that he was saying about me. And uh, basically, to take it back to the beginning, uh, me and Charles January used to, you know, um, be somewhat cool. He would come in, you know, he started talking to me, you know, because he saw me reading the Bible. And, you know, he, he happened to strike up a conversation to which he told me that he was a Christian. I mean, you know, I had nothing else to go off, so, I mean, I believed him. You know, um, I was a lot more naive back then, not anything against him, because we all have our struggles. And to be honest, he could be a, a Christian, but, you know, what he was going through at that time caused him to uh, look at life differently and do things differently, man, because, you know, all of us face times, and it's in the Bible itself, you know, where it talks about where one of the disciples, you know, like Paul had to correct because it was like once he was around the Jews, he was obeying the law. But when he was with the Gentiles, he wasn't obeying the law, but he was more focused on being under grace. And Paul called him out on it. Like, hey, man, which is it, man? You know the truth. You walk with our Lord. You know, and so basically like, you know, the good thing about the Bible is we're not going to be perfect in our walk. And Christ already knew that. And so it's for us to have the right mindset as it pertains to other brothers and sisters that may be failing in something that we have a lot of strength in to be more compassionate towards them and not be judgmental. So with that being said, let me get into the story. So. Charles and I one time were talking and everything was cool. I get on the line <clears throat> after my break. And at the time, <coughs> since we were keeping up with like a 96, 98 percentile as far as like chicken, that means night on like keeping the line full and not missing that many shackles. Like we maybe missed like like maybe two in that hour. 
You know what I mean? But it, as long as you can keep the line full, it runs slower, which is helpful for you, which means that since it's running slower, it's easier to maintain, which means that if this was, if this condition was met, then we had permission to take a break for 15 minutes every hour. So it was my time and, you know, um, Charles sign the first time. Then the next time, it, my time came around. Um, it was my time and a guy that was, you know, I thought was cool with Charles. So we get out there and we talk and, and you know, he tells me, hey, me and Charles got a problem, man, or it seems like he has a problem with me, man. You think you can talk to him on, on my behalf? <laughs> Me being naive, <coughs> excuse me, I said, sure, but being is how God was going to use that situation, it played out the way it's supposed to play out. So I get back online, and when we get back online, whatever order we're in, that's how you know which break, which person is getting ready to take their break. So I get back online. Charles is up next for the break. Before he's getting ready to leave, I said, hey, man, uh, quick quick second, man. Um, Y'all wanted to talk to you about what I think his name was James was saying. So, all right, okay. <clears throat> so I can't remember if I started talking to him about it on the line or if it was when we were sitting. Yeah, I think it was on the line. Yeah, it was on the line. So... And Lord forgive me if the information as far as that part is incorrect because I'm trying to give you glory, Lord God. So here's the thing. So while we're on the line and we're hanging chicken, I said, hey, look, man, before you leave, look, you know, um, you know, me and James, you know, we got talking or whatever, man, you know, and I wanted to talk to you about that. And so um, he's like, all right, cool. It actually wasn't, yeah, that's what that's what it was. I started on the line, and then we finished in the locker room. So at the end of the night, <clears throat> you know, he was like, um, so what's up, man? Like, you wanted to talk to me earlier, man. What's going on? So I tell him, hey, man, James feels like, you know, it's something between you and him, you know what I mean? Like, he ain't really cool or whatever like that, man. And he just, you know, wanted to make sure y'all was good. So he took that, and he was like, what? He said, hold on, man. What, you as public defender or something? I said, what? What do you mean? No, I mean, I'm just talking to you. You know what I mean? I'm trying to mediate. He said, no, if he got a problem and he felt like that, why didn't he come to me himself? Which is a good point. He was absolutely correct. <clears throat> um, and he just basically took off on me verbally. Man, you ain't no real Christian. I thought you was a Christian, man. You ain't no real Christian, man. A real Christian don't act like that. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, you you false, man. And so, like, that's how it started. To me, I couldn't quite understand what just happened. And again, I was naive. Looking back, you know, again, from my, from my perspective, I feel like James should have talked to him. Because... Really, you know what I mean? Like, looking back on it, he could have been using that as a scenario to get me in, you know, uh, to see how, like, <laughs> Charles was going to gauge that, plus the fact that 
you know, at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? Like he was scared to say something to Charles. And uh, basically, man, like, you know, he used me as a, you know, like a, what is it called? I don't want to say scapegoat, but, you know, he used me as a uh, bait, I feel like, you know. Um, but again, looking at it through the through the lenses of God <clears throat> and his provision and his will, that scenario had to happen. So that's how I started. And at first, everything was still cool. I was still talking to people. Then slowly but surely, as I would come in to work, the same people that I was cool with, that I would talk to, they stopped talking to me. They started telling me that, <clears throat> you know, Charles has said such and such. And um, at the end of the day, you know, people just stopped talking to me, right? And so, you know, sometimes I come in, people shaking their heads at me. You know, they're making little jokes or whatever. And me being immature, man, I'm in my feelings, so I'm ready to swing on everybody in there. But the Lord will talk to me. No, son, let me handle it. No, son, let me handle it. Son, I'm still in control. Let me handle it. So, well, he'll say, you know, just basically, like I was just saying, like, you know, let me handle it, son. And then he eventually got, because I kept, I'm like, Lord, please, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, because I'm ready to pop them. I'm ready to go off. I'm ready to do this. You know, and I don't like this. I don't like how people are looking at me. I don't like how people are treating me. I don't like how people are isolating me, you know. And to me, I was like, dang, you know, nobody got my side of the story. And I heard what he was trying to say. Like, you know, like <clears throat> I was basically he was he was adding into it, too. But basically, at the end of the day. You know, the Lord had his way. So, like I said, this this thing went on for a couple of months. And it reached to a point where, you know what I'm saying, like, I ain't gonna lie, I felt like a punk because I tried to talk to him. And, you know what I'm saying, he threw his hand up. And if anybody, you know, like, knows, man, like, you know, a person threw their hand, they ain't trying to hear nothing you're trying to say. So, what happened was, one day, the lights had went off. Before that, let me tell you this part. Because God is so awesome. God will keep you. Let me tell you something, man. God told me like this. Because I was so frustrated and angry, I was willing to lose my job over what this guy was saying about me, right? And how other people were treating me. God said, look, either you can handle this or I can handle this. And he had showed me a dream seven years before I got to that job of me fighting this guy. And I slammed him and we had a bench. And the way I slammed him, it caused him bodily harm. Right. I had no idea until he brought it back to my memory about this dream. I totally forgot about it because it didn't make sense at the time. I didn't know anybody that was in that dream. Now you're talking about this thing happening. And in the dream, I also saw 
the line or the path that God had me on. And if I had did my own thing then, I saw me going off that path, walking in this darkness. Wherever God was leading me, it had these light dots, you know, dots filled with lights, you know, on this path. You can see the way it was a ground, you know, whereas when I, you know, in the dream, if I did what I did in that dream, it was darkness. And in that dream, because of what I did, I went to jail for murder. You know what I'm saying? Manslaughter, actually. That's what they call it. So, um, and malicious wounding. Uh, and, uh, you know, like aggravated. I, I forgot exactly all the charges I got, but I was in there for a while. And, you know what I'm saying? I had some experiences where, like, <clears throat> excuse me, I got stabbed. It was like I seen everything. You know what I mean? And I was a different person. And I would, I'd be crying out to God, but, you know, I was disobedient, basically. Um, but he was showing me that that was a possible way. And he was showing me that through that way, I, had, I would have a lot more struggles in my life. And so I saw that. And let me tell you, y'all. I don't mean no harm. But pride, man, I tell you. Pride will make you do some stupid stuff. <laughs> I still wanted to fight this guy. I was like, well, I know in a dream where we got to fight that, you know, the bench was right there, like close, close in range. If I pull him over here, what he stalls was that. Here's the thing. When you're fighting, you don't have any control of the direction in which the fight is going. Like whether you're going, you know, to a certain extent, meaning that person is in control of himself and you're in control of yourself. That's it. So where it ends up is where it is where it ends up. You know what I mean? There's causality that comes into effect as you are fighting and making that decision to do what you're doing. So it was no way around it, even though I wanted to do some bodily harm for this guy to this guy. I really did. Long story short, what ended up happening. As I was beginning to get more and more frustrated and God would talk to me. And at the time when God would talk to me, it would calm me down, yes. But I still felt that anger that was deep within. You know, and it was like, man, my thinking was, man, he punking me. My, I, my mom ain't raised no punk. You know, and all these other tropes that I was saying to myself that really in the end was based out of pride and stupidity. <clears throat> the lights go out in this particular day. So I'm getting back to the story. I go over there. I'm sitting by myself because nobody really wanted to sit by me. Even the people that were still halfway cool really wasn't talking to me like that. So I'm like, all right, okay. And, um, I remember, man, it was a lady that was from Africa, and I just struck up a conversation with her. I was talking to her. And the whole time, I didn't know that God was doing his work because I wasn't paying attention to the guys that I was formerly cool with and uh, hanging shed no more. Plus, they was over, you know, by themselves, man. And, you know, like I said, I was by myself. 
the only person that really came over to talk to me from the hanging shed was Believe, man. You know, he he was cool, man. You know, he, uh, Mr. Lightfoot. Uh, he was cool, man. Uh, real cool guy. He knew what the story was. He got my side of it. You know what I'm saying? He was like, hey, man, you know, hey, hey look, man, don't worry about it, man. You know, he he, he tried to use, you know, this is how he talked. He was like, man, he was trying to hit you with the, the prison politics. Say, yeah, don't worry about that, though, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you're a man of God. And he told me that, man. God sent people. So, like I said, as I began to talk to my African sister, you know, uh, we were just talking, chopping it up. And I was asking her about certain things in Africa and stuff like that, that, you know, I had questions to. And then next thing you know, the alarm came on. I mean, the bell sounded, rather. And that just meant that we can come back in. So, and then they was calling our supervisors and the lead guys um, on the uh, walkie-talkies, you know what I'm saying, to let them know, hey, man, it's okay for everybody to go back to the area. So on the way back, um, two guys approached me. One of the guys that I almost, I forgot all about that part. Me and this guy almost got to fighting, you know, because, like, while we're in the locker room one day and I came in, you know what I'm saying? And he was, you know, after he had talked to Charles or whatever, you know, he was just looking at me, man. Like, you know, <laughs> we, as we used to say, grit, which is just basically to look menacingly at somebody. So, excuse me for the coughing, y'all, man. I'm got to get some more water in me. So, both these guys came up to me, and uh, one of them, whose name is Keo, he's from Jamaica. He's like, yo, Jay, he's like, let me talk to you real quick. So I kind of leery of what they had to say, man. I'm like, man, I probably had to pop this guy. Again, God has been telling me consistently, I am fighting for you. You don't have to do anything. But I was hard-headed. And that's the reason why this story means so much to me because in spite of me being as hard-headed as I was, he was still patient with me. He never got angry with me. He always said it in the same type of tone. And when he needed to, man, then he'll get stern. Just as a father's supposed to. Hey, you want to fight this or I can fight it for you? You make the decision. You choose. I can fight for you or you can fight for yourself. Which do you want to do? And so, um, you know, I chose, hey, man, I'm going to let you fight for me. So, you know, again, I was kind of leery of what they had to say. They began by apologizing to me. Then told me what Charles was saying. Talking about I was crazy and stuff like that. That I say that I'm a Christian and stuff like that. But through that one conversation I had with my African sister. And all this was set up by God. She was sitting by herself as well. Through that one conversation, man, guess what happened? They said, hey, you know, we don't think you're crazy no more. We think Charles is crazy. He said, man, everything that he's been saying about you, which they didn't really get into as far as that part, Said, man, that's that's how he really liked. Said, man, you're not crazy. 
He said, yeah, he, you know, they were saying like, yeah, he's crazy. So it was kind of a, a relief. And to be, to be honest with you, by the time we got back to the hanging shed, it was the exact reversal. Everybody was huddled up around him. And when I would get in the room, everybody would get quiet. Whereas now, everybody was quiet when he came in. Everybody was chilling and talking when he before he got back in because he got in like a little bit later than we did. I don't know what he was doing, but you know what I'm saying? He was doing something. So, you know, he, you know, he seen, he seen uh Keo and uh my other homeboy, uh, I forget his name, Mike. You know, uh, you know, they both were talking to me and stuff like that. And the other people in the uh hanging shed was talking to me, man. He's like, yo. Yo, Mike, you know, like to come over there. You know, he was just gesturing them to come over there and they didn't go. Like, what? He said, oh, y'all, y'all, y'all done changed. Y'all done turned over. Okay, all right. So he was angry. And, uh, like, no lie. And to this day, I don't know how he got all them baby chickens in his, um, you know, locker. I had nothing to do with it. But somebody did that, and somebody took a shirt. So I had a T-shirt on, but I had a tank top underneath. I was getting rides home. You know, they used to do the share driving thing where, you know, you'll pay a weekly, you know, and there's a van that'll pick you up. It was an independent service, but they did, you know, service people for Tyson. And, um, you know, the... The thing about it is, without even a second thought, man, I saw him out there. People was laughing at him because he had to wear his um, his chicken apron home, right? The apron we used to, to catch some of the feces from the chicken. So, you know what I mean? Of course, he cleaned it off, and, you know, um, you know, he was wearing that, and he had no shirt on underneath, right? So people were looking at him and laughing at him and stuff like that. I gave him the shirt off my back. He said, uh, hey, man. He said, you, you ain't got to do that, man. He said, man, I've been talking bad about you and everything, man. He said, man, no, nah, man. He said, I'm good. I said, no, nah, man, go ahead and take the shirt, man. So I ain't worrying about that, man. You know, and when I said that, I actually meant it. Uh, it was the truth. So I told him, I said, man, no, nah, go ahead and take the shirt. He said, listen, man. And this is the part that got me because he ate his words, y'all. He ate his words. So I was kind of proud of myself for, like, I would say, barely hanging in there. But I did. I hung in there, man, as best I could. You know, but I was proud of myself for listening to God. And it made me real happy because he in the end told me, he said, you a real Christian. Thank you. He said, listen, man, I promise you, man. He said, I'm off tomorrow, but when I come back Wednesday, he said, man, he said, I promise you, man, I'm going to bring you this shirt back, man. I'm going to make sure that I iron it. I press it. I said, man, you don't got it, man. I sold him. I said, look, man, I got a million shirts like that at home. You don't got to bring it back, man. It's yours, man. Just, you know what I'm saying, put that joint on, man, because you ain't got no shirt. You ain't got no cover." And so, like, you know, I give God the glory for putting me in a position 
and make sure that he held my heart in his hand because on my own, I'd have just let him just sit right there. I'd just let him just, you know, I'd have joined in on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, man, that's what you get. And which, you know what I'm saying, it could have been a fight. You know what I'm saying? And I'm talking this big game, but you know what I'm saying? Well, God, I could have lost that fight too on top of that. And lost the, you know what I'm saying, the ability to have a um, testimony out of that. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it was it was a it was good on 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 many levels. You know what I'm saying? And it changed his mindset. You know what I mean? Um, and I had nothing to do with it. I had nothing to do with it. It was all God. It was all God. And I thank the Lord for that. You know, he changed. He really did. You know, like I said, somebody put some birds in his his locker. They took his shirt. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't laugh at him when that stuff happened. You know what I'm saying? I didn't condone it. You know what I mean? Uh, and that, that was a supernatural thing because pettiness runs deep in my blood. I ain't even gonna lie to you. But it's only been because of God that I haven't reacted to a lot of the stuff that happened to me in my life. You know, out of fear that you know what I'm saying? Like something, like basically that God could basically spank me, man. You know, I didn't want that. You know what I mean? That's that's basically what it was, man. So it was out of fear of God, man, which is healthy. You know what I mean? If you love him, you obey him. You know what I'm saying? And so um, if you do have a real relationship with him, then, yeah, there is some fear there. It's a healthy fear. You know what I mean? And, um you know, that was quite healthy. You, you were fearing the consequences. And plus, you know, like God just did so much for me in my life, man. So much. I have a whole lot to be thankful for. And I just want to say this as well. Sometimes, man, we get caught up in these situations. And we feel like, you know, we're frustrated. And we just forget. We forget how good we got it with God. We're saved. If we were to die today or tomorrow, we have a guarantee of where we're going. We're going to meet with our maker. And our lives will be forever good. It won't be no end to the joy that is coming from God. You know how they say on this side of things, you know, all good things must come to an end. But not in heaven. They'll never come to an end. It's forever. And it's a good thing 100% of the time, 24-7. And you being able, you know, to, to see God, the one that created you, that created the angels, created the trees, the, gave the ideas for the buildings that got made, gave the ideas for how to, you know, mix certain materials together to get brick, to get stone. You know what I'm saying? Like, how to make things more sturdy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, to give the, the ground the strength enough to hold these buildings up safely so that they won't fall or sink in the earth, man. Like, God is just so amazing, man. We get a fresh supply of air every day, and it's all because of God. We get his mercy every day. Guaranteed, if we make it the next day, it's a fresh supply of mercy. It says it in the Bible. It says his, his mercy is renewed every day. That's awesome for us, man. 
awesome, man. You know, and I'm just saying, like, I, mean, I got many testimonies, many testimonies, man. And, um, you know, where I experience things that are beyond my understanding. Like, I remember this one time, this will be a quick one. This girl was going to braid my hair that I used to date when I was in middle school, but then went to high school. <clears throat> I was in the 12th grade. I was trying to get my hair braided. And uh, we had set up a t scheduled time for us to meet, which was that Saturday in the morning at 11. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm on my way over there. I see a guy come from the side street, right? Like, I'm walking down the main street, and you know how they had it, like, the side streets. And so, this guy was coming from the side street, and then there was another guy that was bouncing the basketball. And, you know, it was a basketball court on the other side of the street from where I was at. And so, you know, him walking with the basketball, I mean, I ain't think too much of it because the court was right down. I'm like, okay, well, he might be going home. So, you know, I just left it at that. And I got two chains on, right? I'm 19 years old. And, uh, you know, I went to school late, so I graduated late. Instead of me graduated at 18, I graduated at 19, but I did it, though. So, um, anyways, uh, so I'm walking, and the guy that came from the side street pulls up on me, say, yo, Said, man, them jeans look sweet, man. He's like, man, look, I was at Joe Vaughn's party two weeks ago, man. Won't you there? I was like, yeah, that's my cousin. He's like, oh, okay. And you know what I'm saying? My cousin, he was from around there. So, like, I said that for two reasons. Like, yeah, I remember, you know, okay, yeah. But, yeah, that's my cousin if you're trying to start something. So, you know, uh, he's like, yeah, man. He's like, man, look, I give you $300 for them chains, man. And I was like, no, nah, I ain't going to sell them. I just bought them like the night before. Now, unbeknownst to me and him, those chains were fake, right? I was young, man. I got got. It was a guy that was coming out the mall. And, you know, like he got me. I spent $80 on it. But I thought like, man, you know, he's like, look, man, I got these chains, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to hurry up, man, because I stole them all the mall. First of all, I don't need to be getting that, man, because they stolen goods. He just, man, just told me that they stole them. But, yeah, I mean, you know, like, you know, I'm like, man, these are some nice looking chains. So um, there was a, like, I forget what they called, but it was a circular chain. It was like, uh, you know, it wasn't the Gucci link, but um, it was the one that uh, Tupac had in um, on, on, All Eyes on Me. Like, um, no, it wasn't that. It was, I forgot the name of that CD. But anyways, man, um. Uh, that chain, you know what I'm saying? And I bought another chain and, you know, like, you know, I think I'm stunning, you know what I mean? Like, so I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I, um, <laughs> you know, I, I mess around and, you know, I told him no. So I'm getting ready to start walking again. He's like, man, look, I give you $300, man. And he reached in his pocket, right? And as soon as I seen the, the tip of that handle to that pistol, I took off like a rocket. And 
Like I said, I didn't know that the guy that crossed the street because my attention was on him had already started making his way over there to where I was at. So when I took off, the other guy threw the basketball and I was running so fast, the basketball went, you know what I'm saying? Instead of hitting me in the face, man, that joint went behind me and I can hear them talking as I was running. And like the crazy thing of it is, is the time when all this was going down, and I thought it was odd at first, but I didn't say anything. You heard no birds chirping. You heard no cars down the street. It was just totally quiet. That I felt like was weird. As I'm running towards the girl's house, um, you can hear him. Hey, man, shoot him, shoot him. You know, like, what you doing? What you doing? Um, and the guy that, that, that robbed me, he was a known robber. So, you know what I mean? Like, he wasn't new to this. So and I and I say this for a reason that uh um you know that'll make sense a little later, but um uh, again he was saying all this stuff. So I get to the girl's house. I don't see him. Like, you know, I didn't go back out of her yard, but I'm in her yard now. I'm panicking, I'm banging on the door, I'm thinking that my life is gonna end. And again, it was quiet. Like in the movies when like, you know, the music stopped and the guy's running for his life and it's in slow motion. You don't hear nothing except for that bang from the gun eventually. That's exactly how it was. So I didn't think about it, like I said, until like later on. But I'm banging on the door. The mom comes to the door but she didn't open the door and she asked who it is i give her my whole name tell her her daughter's name tell her what school i came from i was supposed to be coming over there to braid her hair but you know what I'm saying somebody's trying to kill me you know uh somebody's you know trying to rob me and um i was like um i mean and she was like get from my door before i call the police i was like look call the police but let me in. Like I know, she was like, I don't know you. I'm like, ma'am, I know you don't know me. But look, your daughter's name is Dolores, man. And, you know, we went to school together. She went to Henderson with me. Like, please, please, please let me in. These guys are trying to kill me. No, get from in front of my door. You know, and I'm going to call the police. I was like, ma'am, these people, they're trying to kill me. I could die. Like, please let me in, man. And she would not let me in. So I was like, dang, what am I going to do? I don't hear nothing. You know what I'm saying? They, I don't know if they waiting in the bush, you know, because it was some bushes in front of her fence that, you know, like, you know, you couldn't really see anything around, you know, because it was kind of high. And, um, you know, the, the neighbor's yard or whatever like that, you, you can see down the street, but I didn't see anybody. So I'm like, man, what's going on? So it felt like an eternity, but I promise you it wasn't no more than like 45 seconds. At, if that at most, I mean, you know, that, and that's at most. I see a guy that was tall. He was like, he had to be like six foot. When, when this guy came close to me, I was like, hey, you look, excuse me, sir. He was walking calm, man. He, he you know, like he, he didn't. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it wasn't like he saw anybody. You know, like, if he, of course, if he would have saw somebody, you know, ducking down with a pistol, man, he would have ran out of the way. But, 
You know, and I asked him, I said, hey, look, man, like, do you see anybody down the, the way that I was coming from, right? And he said, no. I ain't gonna lie, I was scared. I'm like, man, you mind? I said, you going all the way down the block? He said, yeah. I said, you mind if I walk with you? He said, no, come on. And this guy, I'll never forget, man. <coughs> Excuse me, he had on a navy blue shirt. He had uh, some cargo pants that painters usually wear. And he had some boots on. <coughs> he had some paint on his pants. And he had a, I forgot the brand of the shirt, but whoever the uh, brand was, it was, uh, I think it was Sherwin-Williams or something like that, which is a paint company in Virginia. Uh, but he had that shirt on. It was navy blue, and I remember, like, the emblem it was red and white. And uh, he's like, yeah, man, you can walk with me. And the crazy thing about it was when I started walking with him, I felt so much peace. I couldn't describe it. So much so that I forgot that I was just previously, you know, being robbed and chased. Um, which, you know, like, there's no way you can be that at peace after an experience like that. You're going to be on your own. You're going to be on guard until you get to a place where you feel like you're safe. It just doesn't work like that, especially the way that I grew up. I grew up in a, you know, a neighborhood that wasn't all the way bad, wasn't all the way good, but it was bad. But, you know what I'm saying, like the part that I lived in was kind of quiet. All the ruckus and stuff like that went on down the street. And, you know, when I got older, teenagers, I started doing my own thing, like selling drugs or whatever. Um, yeah, I used to go down there. But, you know, at this time, you know, I was just working, man. And uh, I remember, like, as we got to the end and he started to take the left while I took the right we were on Meadow Bridge right which is a main street and uh in Richmond and so I took four steps then it hit me I'm like dang I didn't even tell this man thank you so I turned around and he was gone he was gone I can't explain it because the nearest car that he could have ducked under would have took him at least 10 steps to get to it. It was dirt at the corner where it should have been grass, but it really wasn't, it didn't have that much grass right there. There was no shoe prints right there. <coughs> Excuse me. The only shoe prints that I saw were my own. And, uh, you know, because he had to, like, leave the pavement to, 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 make the left and he made that left like i said excuse me he took four steps to which you know what i'm saying i took four steps this man was six foot there's no way and then like the nearest house was at least a good 25 steps from where we were there's no way this man and then you would have heard him so you know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I, I did my due diligence, man, because it spooked me out a little bit. You know, I ain't even going to lie to you. Um, I'm looking between cars. You know what I mean? I'm looking down the street. He was nowhere to be seen. Nowhere. And I remember, like, the, the smell that he had was, like, fresh laundry. To come to think about it, it didn't smell like he just got off work. 
You know what I'm saying? It was like an outdoor, like, you know, fresh laundry, like the, the, the clothes that have been, you know, drying on the, on the hanger outside or something like that. So it got a little bit of outside smell to it, but it got that fresh laundry smell too. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't smell, it didn't smell like this man was like, like he just came from work. He didn't smell like paint. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he didn't have a smell like that. It was just a refreshing smell. So, uh, yeah, that happened. And, uh, you know, I never saw that guy again to this day, you know, and, um, like I said, man, the peace that I had, you know, um, it was tremendous, man. It wasn't like anything else I felt. It wasn't the highest form of peace, but it was beyond a normal human level of peace, basically. You know, like, you know, say, for instance, you might have been scared of a dog that's outside, but you ran in your house and you shut the door and you locked it because the dog was chasing you. Now you feel peace. You know what I mean? It was a different level. It was different. It was out of worldly, man. You know what I'm saying? And um, like I said, I mean, and the guy, you know, he, he was bald headed. He had a mustache. It was kind of thick. It had some gray hairs in it. You know, he was a dark skinned man, tall. And um, he had a little bit of a gut. You know what I'm saying? Told him dad by but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, he he disappeared, man. He disappeared. I looked everywhere. And then I was like, man, let me get on up out of here. So I ran, you know, got across the street, which is weird, too, because it was like when I got on the other side of the street, when I was getting closer to my house on Metal Bridge, you know, when I was making that turn, going down Highland and uh, passing like Pensacola, I felt so much peace. I knew I was good. It was like, man, I had, to, you know, I don't know. I was weird, too. Um, looking back on it. You know, but I but I understand now what that was. It was like God showing me that I was okay, and I was gonna make it home without telling me verbally I was gonna make it home. So um, I just had all this peace, man. And uh, I got home. Now, here's something that you know you guys can learn from too, because I did end up seeing that guy that that tried to rob me two weeks later when I was with my cousin. And we beat the crap out of them. Again, I'm being transparent because is that really something that God wants you to do? Like, look at the ramification that could came behind that because, you know, when I told my cousin, well, cousins, they used to live around that way, about the guy, it was like, oh, man, what? He ain't shoot you? That man, that guy known for shooting people, man, and, you know, like, and he's known for robbing. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, it really could... I ain't have a gun in the first. It could have really, like, turned out badly for me. You know what I mean? Like, me beating him. You know what I'm saying? Like, he could have seen me. <laughs> Excuse me. Because um, sometimes that's, that happens, man. Like, I don't care how much of a swivel you got your head on. It's always a blind spot. And it's always a person that'll be able to see you or the chance of a person seeing you before you see them. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, I would I would caution people uh, against that. You know what I'm saying? And I know people, oh, man, you did the right thing, man. You should have beat him. You know what I'm saying? He tried to rob you. He was going to take your life. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Like, you, you, we really have to be more trusting with God and 
and seeking God on everything because God's answer might be different from what I did. And knowing how the Lord work and operate, I'm pretty sure it would have been different. You know what I'm saying? Like those are the things that we don't think about. And it's just by God's grace and mercy that we're allowed to um, do some of the stupid things that we do, basically. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, again, I would urge against that. I would say that only if you have to fight, then you fight. Because really, you know, like he's, he didn't see me. I saw him when I was with my cousin. And you know what I'm saying? He was with somebody else, too. But my cousin, all the love he had for me, he didn't care if he would have been like 100 people. So we approached him. You know what I mean? We fought him. We're not, we're not even really no fight. We just beat the crap out of him. And, um, you know what I'm saying, his homeboy ran. You know, we chased him. You know what I mean? And, like, again, he had nothing to do with it. He was not the guy that was out there. I don't know who that guy was connected to. You see, there's too many variables. That guy could have been connected to somebody that was really heavy in the streets and could have did something to me, man. Yeah, I got a, a family that was kind of known, but, I mean, it don't matter, man. It really don't. When people are ready to do something, they're ready to do it. It don't matter who, they, who you can to. You know what I mean? Who you say you're going to go get, you know, because all that stuff don't matter to a person that has the mindset that um, I want to get you. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, if that's what that mindset is, it don't matter who you can to. And if they can get a way to get to you, they're going to do it. So, you know, I would very, very strongly urge against that type of thinking because it's not frugal. It's not really productive. It's counterintuitive to your progress. You know what I'm saying? Um, and you might feel like a punk at the time, but in the grand scheme of things, you're thinking smart. And a lot of times when you're doing stuff, when you're thinking smart, you might feel like a punk, but that's just your feelings. It's not really based off of reality. And it takes a level of maturity to understand that. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I would say God was merciful to me even with that as well. Because, again, I was still, like, yo, you know, young, impressionable. Here I am, I'm walking, you know, still in that same neighborhood. Everybody go to that store that I was getting ready to go to when we saw him, you know, um, including that guy. You know what I'm saying? But, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you know, um, I just thank God for his mercifulness, man. And, uh, you know, one last testimony, man. I'm walking down the street, and uh, I got my, my headphones on, and I'm, I'm listening to my disc, man. I got, you know, my cousin let me keep, um, my cousin let me keep his uh, CD, so I'm listening to that Wu-Tang Winter Wars, right? I'm having a good time by myself, man, and, uh, you know. Like, just really enjoying myself. So, I'm not paying attention as I come to the corner. Like, I look a little bit before I got to the corner. But I really, you know, like, really you're supposed to go get to the corner. You stop, you look both ways, and then you cross, cross the street. I didn't do that. So, I get to the corner. Like I said, a little bit before I got to the corner, I was looking or whatever. But, you know, it ain't the same as getting to the corner. And uh, it was a car anyways that 
you know, as fast as he was going, I wouldn't have been able to see him anyway. So um, I get to the corner. I'm getting ready to stop. I mean, I'm getting ready to step in, into the into the uh, street. And I said, I'll never forget. Dude had a Pontiac, man. Old school joint, man. Metal. Would have towed me up, man. I was skinny, too. I was like probably 17 or 16, really. No, actually, I was younger than that. Dang, no, I was like 14. Gracious, thank you, Lord God. But, yeah, um, I get to the corner, man, and I feel something pull me, which causes me to look in the direction that the car was coming from, and that's when I seen that car, man, like, just zoom right past me, man. And um, it was close, too, man. Like, you, you know, like, I mean, if I was one more step into the street, that car would have got me. But the force of the pull... You know, it, it felt just like somebody pulled, like I had, um, I had my jacket on. It felt like somebody pulled my jacket, you know, and I, you know, I'm next thing you know, man, you know, because of the force, man, I stumbled back onto the curb. I'm still upright. I ain't fall, but I stumbled back up onto the curb and I'm looking back and I don't see anybody. Like what? You know what I'm saying? And, um, yeah, somebody, you know, it was an angel. He pulled me, you know, um, and, uh, he pulled me out of harm's way. And uh, immediately, man, as soon as he pulled me, I seen that car zip past me. Zoom. That thing was gone, too, man. I, I mean, that car was getting up, man. I don't know, but if I had to be a judge of how fast he was going, he had to be doing like at least 70. In a residential. That man ain't care, man. I was like, wow. And, you know what I'm saying, if he would have hit me the way he was going, I think he would have still been going. I think he would have just kept it going. I don't think he would have stopped, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> he had to see me. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> You know, I'm coming out from the side. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I do know that I have to thank God for saving me. So, listen, those are my um, testimonies, man. I got plenty more if y'all want to hear. But, you know what I'm saying? These, this is just to, to, to keep you encouraged, man. And, and just give some glory to the Lord Jesus, man. Because he is faithful and true to his word. He said well, he'll protect you. I've given you three situations where he protected me. When he said he'll provide for you, I'll give you three situations where he'll provide. He provided protection. He provided supernatural protection. He provided wisdom. When I was talking to you about Charles, hey, man, they're talking about you in there, but I ain't telling you this so that you can be angry or so that you go up in here and fight them. It's just so that you can know that you're still within my hands. I'm still under control. I mean, I still got everything under control. <coughs> and even with the angel, man, um, same thing you know like he provided peace you know what i'm saying so um and he provided mercy as well man because i could have been gone that guy could have just popped me but getting back to that too because i said that it'll, it'll make sense later basically the gun that he had you know for a person that does what he does as far as like a professional stick-up person they ain't going to be putting the wrong bullets in there. And it was a revolver, so it has no reason to jam up like that, you know, unless he put wrong bullets in, and he didn't. So with that being said, man, um, because I know a person that know him, yeah, he don't, you know, like I said, he, he didn't shot a couple people. So uh, with that being said, man, listen, man, look, let us all change in exchange for a better us. Let's be better so that we can be better for not just us but those that are around us and those that are come after us, man. That'll be our legacy, man.
With that being said, man, you guys have a beautiful and wonderful day. Think on the things that I was saying, you know, and just like anything else, man, you take the meat from the bone. What you can consume, you accept. What you can't, don't accept. But be at peace and be blessed. I'm gone.